listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, hello, everybody. Good afternoon. A lot to talk about today, as usual. It's kind of crazy out there. Well, it's crazier than usual. And by the way, I hope uh, if I start coughing and hacking in the middle of this this show, please forgive me. I may at some point start sounding like Donald Duck. Uh, out here in East Texas, we are getting hammered with the pollen. We've had a lot of rain, we've had snow, we've had ice, and everything is growing like crazy. And I walked out the other day to the driveway, and all of the, our cars and pickup truck and everything were totally green, covered in pollen. Uh, even our cats is sneezing and hacking, so uh, bear with me if that happens. But anyway, the uh, we had the Hillary situation. Hillary Clinton, the wannabe president, who wants to be coronated as president. She didn't even want to, have to, want to have to work at it to get elected. She just wants the coronation to take place. She has violated federal law, has committed a crime when she was Secretary of State. The federal law requires that any communications, that includes emails, that are done by any federal official must be available to be put in the National Archives. They are part of the public record. Hillary, we have now learned, decided that she was above the law. Now, doesn't that sound familiar? Remember her husband, Bill, when he was president, he decided he was above the law? It turned out he was. You know, he was impeached for lying, and he was disbarred for lying by the Arkansas uh, Bar Association, but he was not impeached, not convicted, because the Democrats were in lockstep and said, no, we're not going to allow, allow him to be impeached just because he had an affair or more than one affair while he was president of the United States and used his office uh, to do that. But we're not going to impeach him. You know, just he lied to, to the face of the American people, said, I did not have sex with that woman. And, you know, we know he did, but he got by with it. And the Clintons have continued to get by with stuff. Now we know that the Clinton Foundation, which is set up by Bill and Hillary and Chelsea, the Clinton Foundation, which is not supposed to have been receiving foreign funds while Hillary was Secretary of State, in fact, was not only receiving foreign funds, but soliciting them from countries like Saudi Arabia. And Hillary was granting favors to countries like that as Secretary of State. Clear bribery. Clear bribery. But she's above the law. Remember, we can't touch Hillary Clinton. I mean, she's one of the elites. One of the elitists in this country that is far above the rest of us unwashed masses, who can control us, who wants to control us. We are not smart enough to take care of our own financial affairs, or to own a gun, or to have free speech. Uh, she is one of the elitists. Now we're finding out that she had a private email server set up at her house in violation of federal law. So all of her emails went through her own private server. They were not in the government system. As far as I know, nobody's ever done this before. Nobody in the government has ever set up a private server. She did. 
guess what? Congress is requesting that we see her emails, particularly involving the Benghazi scandal, where Americans were killed for no apparent reason other than the fact that our government didn't protect them, and terrorists were able to utilize the fact that they had very little protection to go and kill our ambassador and three other Americans. Congress have been trying to get to the bottom of this for years, and Hillary's emails would probably tell us a lot. But guess what? They're gone. That was supposedly gone. The server is gone. She is covering up what she did as Secretary of State, and a lot of what she did was illegal. She could go to jail for it, but nothing's happening. Obviously, the Justice Department under Eric Holder or whoever is is there under the Obama administration is not going to do anything to Hillary at this point. There's another scenario out there, though, where they might do something, but I'll get to that later in the show. The fact of the matter is that she has misused her power as Secretary of State to make money for herself, for her husband, for their foundation, to get campaign finances. We know now that Bill Clinton illegally received foreign money to finance his campaign. We know that the President of the United States currently, Obama, received money from foreign countries to finance his campaign. And we now know that Hillary is receiving money from foreign sources to finance her campaign all against federal law, all a major violation of federal law, yet nothing is happening. Hillary may be in trouble as far as her campaign goes. We don't know at this point. Now, the Republicans, there are a lot of Republicans out there jockeying for position to run for president of the United States. Of course, as executive director of the United States Justice Foundation, we are a nonprofit corporation. I cannot talk about supporting any particular candidate. I can talk about the election in general. I can say this. We need a solid conservative candidate to run for president in the Republican Party platform. We need a good platform. We need to stand by our principles, stand by the American principles. And there are some candidates out there that that look pretty good. There are other candidates out there that look pretty weak. It's going to be up to the voters to decide but we have to elect a new president in 2016 who believes in America. Hillary Clinton is not going to be that person. Hillary Clinton will continue the Obama administration efforts to destroy the United States. There's possibility, of course, of somebody running against her because she's now appearing to be weak anyway because of this latest scandal. But who do we have? Who do the Democrats have out there? Elizabeth Warren? This is a senator from Massachusetts who, believe it or not, is to the left of Hillary and to the left of Barack Obama, if that's possible. This is a woman who lied about her heritage when she was running for the United States Senate, yet was elected anyway by the people of Massachusetts. Remember, she came out and said she had 
Native American blood, American Indian blood. And she came out that she had used that to get special privileges for herself to get a job that she wanted. And it turned out that she has no ties at all, no Native American blood at all. Yet she was elected U.S. Senator and has perpetuated the lie. And now she could be running for President of the United States. Joe Biden is talking about running for president. It's pretty much acknowledged throughout the free world, well, throughout the world and completely, that Joe Biden is an idiot. Joe Biden is not qualified to be a dog catcher, much less vice president or president of the United States. But he's a far-left guy. He does what he's told by his handlers, by the liberal media, by the progressives in this country. So Joe Biden is being considered to be president of the United States by some. So you see the picture out there. We have people who are running for president who want to continue to destroy this country, the elitist. They want to perpetuate what has been started by the progressives in this country and what they've been pushing for for 50 or more years now. And that is a new world order that sets the United States up as just one other place for socialism and communism to take hold. Forget about the fact, according to them, forget about the fact that it's failed wherever it's been. You had the communists of the Soviet Union. Their economy was tanked. There was no freedom of speech, no freedom of religion. Finally, the people revolted, and they tried to set up a democracy. Of course, Putin has perverted that already. You have the failure in Nazi Germany, the fascism, which was just another form of socialism. Tried to conquer the world, kill millions of people. Ended up a total failure. You had the Cuban experiment, which was a total failure. and continues to be a total failure. And now Obama is going to have the United States bailing the Cubans out. Everywhere that socialism has been tried, I mean, even China. Okay, China has gone towards capitalism and their economy to save themselves. But even that has put them in deep trouble. You know, they, they can't do it right. So they're still denying freedoms to their people. And their system has turned out to be a total failure. Yet, despite the failures, universal, throughout the world, Obama, Clinton, they all want to see us become a socialist or communist nation. They all want to stifle individual freedoms. They all want to abolish the Constitution. They all want to be our masters. And that's what this is all about. You have the elitist out there, your progressive elitist, many of them educated in the far-left higher education institutions on the East Coast and on California, who truly believe that you and I are too stupid to be allowed to have freedom. 
too stupid to do anything other than what they tell us to do. And too dangerous to be allowed to own firearms or have freedom of speech. Because we might say things that they don't want to hear that are politically incorrect, according to them. We might do things that they don't want to see. That's, for example, use a firearm to protect our homes, to protect our families. That's what the Constitution envisioned. Now we have an election coming up. We, of course, just had one recently, but now we've got another one that seems to be in the news constantly, and that is 2016. And we have the same being offered by the Democratic Party, the same leftist rhetoric, the same rush towards stifling more American freedoms, towards turning our country into a bastion of political correctness, socialism, communism, whatever you want to call it, a dictatorship. That's what we essentially have now in this country, and that's what they want to continue in 2016 and solidify. Of course, Rush Limbaugh came out with something very interesting, and that is his comment that Obama may not give up as president in 2016. Let's take our first break, and then we'll talk about that more. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Let's talk for a minute about Rush Limbaugh's idea that Obama may decide he wants to continue as president. And, you know, that's a far-fetched idea. The Constitution, 22nd Amendment of the Constitution, that was passed after Franklin Roosevelt's term, four terms as president, or almost four terms. He died, of course, after his 
after shortly after starting its fourth term, that no president of the United States could serve more than two terms. That had always been the way it was in this country, not because there was a constitutional amendment or a law, but because George Washington, when he was president of the United States, basically said, I'm not going to serve more than eight years. I don't think any president should serve more than eight years. We are not kings. We are not to be enshrined as president for life. I'll serve two terms, and then somebody else needs to take the reins. That was a tradition. That was the way Americans did it. Until Franklin Roosevelt came in during the Great Depression, and then World War II broke out, and people reelected. But after the war was over, after the Depression was over, people started looking and saying, well, this is not a good idea. We had somebody in office who served too long. So the people of the United States, through their state legislatures, passed the 22nd Amendment, which says that no president can serve more than two terms. That's the law of the land. The Supreme Court is the, I mean, the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. That's the way it is. The Constitution also establishes that the president must submit all treaties to Congress for two-thirds ratification of the Senate. It says the president, under Article 2, Section 3, should enforce the laws passed by Congress. It doesn't say he can make laws. He can decide which ones to enforce, which ones not to enforce. It doesn't say he can change laws. Yet all of that is being done by Obama. The Constitution also says that the Supreme Court and the federal courts are a separate but equal branch of the government. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say that the President of the United States can ignore rulings by the Supreme Court. Yet Obama does that. So we have a President of the United States who ignores the Constitution in many respects of it. What makes us think that he will not ignore the 22nd Amendment? And this is the scenario that Rush Limbaugh sets out. He basically says, okay, Obama does something specifically to sabotage the Clinton campaign. And we now know for a fact that Valerie Jarrett, Obama's chief advisor and a known communist, is probably the one responsible for leaking the information about Hillary's private server, private email server. So that adds credence to what Limbaugh is saying, that Obama does not want Hillary to be the new president of the United States. Why would that be? Because Hillary is vowed to continue Obama's policies, vowed to continue pushing us towards socialism, vowed to destroy our economy. So why would Obama sabotage her? Limbaugh's scenario is this. We get close to the 2016 election, and Obama says, okay, the Democrats don't have a credible candidate. We cannot afford to lose the White House. If we lose the White House, particularly if Congress remains in the hands of the Republicans, both houses, if we lose the White House, there will be no way for my legacy to continue. There will be no way for my policies to continue unabated to take this country down the road towards the perfection of communism and socialism. So I am going to 
offer myself a renomination by the Democratic Party and to stand for election again. That's one possible scenario. Who's going to say you can't do it? Well, the Republicans will raise hell. The national news media, for the most part, would probably support it. The Supreme Court would probably rule that it was unconstitutional, that he couldn't do it. But physically, who's actually going to stop him? And right now, the Republican leadership in Congress continues to say that impeachment is not on the table. They will not move to impeach this man. I have drawn up formal articles of impeachment. I have sent them to the members of Congress. Some members have submitted them to the House Judiciary Committee. It only takes a majority of Congress to impeach this man. There are numerous reasons out there to impeach him. We're not talking about a president of the United States who had affairs. We're not talking about even Richard Nixon who faced impeachment for lying to the American people. We have a president who lies to the American people every day. We have a president who orchestrates illegal activities. Now, Nixon, we don't know he orchestrated any, any of the Watergate activities, but he lied about it and tried to cover it up. That was bad enough. He deserved to be impeached. He deserved to be removed from office. Obama has done more, much more than Nixon ever did to destroy this country, and he's done it repeatedly. Lies to the American people. Provides aid and comfort to our enemies. What makes us think that he is going to obey the Constitution and step down after two terms? Yeah, it's a far-fetched scenario, possibly. But there's another scenario out there that I'm, is keeping me awake at night and something that we need to, to discuss, and that is we have a wide-open southern border. We have terrorists coming in across our border. We know that. We know from ICE agents and Border Patrol agents down there that they are picking up known terrorists from Somalia, from Yemen, from Iran, from Iraq, people on the terrorist watch list. But they only are getting probably one out of every hundred that's trying to cross the border. Because basically Obama has told the Border Patrol, don't arrest anybody. Don't detain anybody. Or if you do detain them, just to detain them for a few hours or a few days and then give them an airplane ticket and let them go wherever they want. This includes gang members, members of the Mexican drug cartels, Central American gang members, and now known terrorists. So they're coming across our border. We are facing the possibility of a massive terrorist attack or a series of smaller attacks by ISIS, by Al-Qaeda, by Boko Haram, by any number of terrorist organizations out there. This is going to happen, unfortunately. I fear for the safety of the people in our country, particularly members of our military who are, have been specifically targeted by ISIS. So take this as a scenario. Sometime near the election, a major terrorist incident takes place. Say the California electric grid is shut down. They've already had a, tra a trial run on doing that, where seven terrorists 
got underground and shut down the phone lines to a nuclear power plant in California. He came out with AK-47s and shot up the transformers and shut the plant down. Now, there were other plants that could do the backup, but this was obviously a test run. They got away with it. No, we don't even know who they were for sure. We just know it happened. It was not reported initially by the news media, but we know it happened. It happened just a little over two years ago, right under two years ago. So say that that happens, except this time it's a major attack that shuts down part of our nuclear grid for years. And it can be done by a cyber attack. It can be done by a physical attack. There are various ways to do it. So we get shut down for years and years. Because this would not just take days to re- for us to recover. It would be months to recover, possibly years to recover. That's just one possible scenario. Another possible scenario was a dirty bomb being set off in one of our major cities. And, boy, are we vulnerable on our southern border. San Antonio, El Paso, Texas, Houston, Texas, even as far north as Dallas, Phoenix, Arizona, San Diego, California, all are vulnerable to attack. Somebody brings across the border the components of a dirty bomb and sets it off. It could shut down major cities around the country. So say that happens, or something similar to that happens, and Obama declares martial law. And in so doing, and he's already set up the parameters for his martial law, and they far surpass what the Constitution considers as martial law. The Constitution basically says that martial law can be imposed at time of grave danger, and it can suspend things like the writ of habeas corpus and suspend certain individual rights. Abraham Lincoln declared martial law during the Civil War, and the Supreme Court struck it down because they felt he went too broadly with it. Obama declared the law. He set up early in his administration by executive order, giving himself the power in the case of declaring martial law to control every aspect of our lives to control our food supply, to control energy, to control health care, to control water distribution, to suspend all civil liberties. You know, he's very planning on this. So say that happens. Obama declares martial law, and suddenly we find ourselves under a dictatorship. He says, you know what? He said, I'm going to declare martial law, and I don't think we're going to hold an election in 2016. And by the way, you know, since Congress has been such an impediment to my brilliance and my vision of a future of this country, I'm going to go ahead and suspend Congress. I'm going to declare Congress out of session, non-existent. This is the way other dictators have done it. This is the way it's been done for centuries by dictators. Declare themselves to be the supreme being in their country. Suspend all other institutions. Put people in jail. Do what they need to do to be in charge. 
let's take our second break now. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. What we're talking about here is a very scary scenario, but one that I feel and fear is entirely possible, and that is Obama declaring himself dictator for life. Or at the beginning, declaring, well, I'm just going to be president for another four-year term, and then I may consider turning it over to somebody else. But, of course, we don't need to have an election. I will just decide who I'm going to turn the presidency over to and turn the dictatorship over to in the United States. This is something that we really have to consider because we have a man in the White House who does not believe in our Constitution, does not believe in our way of life, does not believe in a free market economy. He said such things repeatedly. He's ignored court orders, federal court orders. He's ignored the Congress. He's bypassing Congress repeatedly. The Congress is totally inept in doing anything about it. I mean, you know, we have John Boehner, who just sits there and allows the president to do whatever he wants. He says, oh, no, impeachment's off the table. We don't want to be the people to impeach the first black president of the United States. I don't care if he's black. I don't care if he was white. I don't care what his race is, what his religion is. He has been elected president of the United States twice now and is acting as a dictator. He is trying to destroy the United States of America, and he's succeeding. 
impeach him. Please contact your members of Congress and tell them this is no longer an option. This is something that they have to do. We cannot let Obama have two more years of executive orders and illegal activities, government actions, signing treaties without congressional approval. We can't have two more years of this, because if we allow him to go on for two more years, he's not going to stop. At the very least, somebody will be elected president in a rigged election that Obama will control. Obama's not going anywhere. He doesn't plan to give up his power freely. He plans to be a dictator. He is a dictator. He will continue to be a dictator. It's up to the American people to stand up and say enough is enough, that we've had it with you. We are not going to continue to allow you to run roughshod over American freedoms. Look at the freedoms we're losing every day. Freedom of speech. Obama has the FCC take control of the Internet. The ramifications of that are not yet known. They're just beginning. But I can guarantee you they're going to use that power to try to stifle things like this radio show, this network, America's Web Radio, to shut down by blog, which, by the way, you can access at Michael Connolly, C-O-N-N-E-L-O-Y.jigsy.com. Blog on the Constitution. They're going to try to shut that down. They're going to try to shut down free speech. The Supreme Court of the United States ruled four years ago that the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, had no authority to regulate the Internet. This was, as I recall, a unanimous decision. The FCC has no authority to regulate the Internet. Yet, Obama ordered them to do so, and the Democrats and the FCC voted to do so, and now they're doing it. What are the repercussions? None at this point. The United States Supreme Court is going to be totally ignored by the Obama administration, and they're going to take more free speech. We have Republican governors who have suddenly backed off from freedom of religion. Now, in Indiana and Arkansas, the legislatures passed what were duplicates of a bill, a law passed by Congress during the Clinton administration and signed by Bill Clinton himself, which basically guaranteed religious freedom. The people in this country could not be punished for taking action that complied with their religious beliefs. And this included doing business with who they wanted to do business with. If there was a religious reason for not doing business with a certain group of people, that was okay. It was a Religion Protection Act. But remember, up until two years ago, Hillary Clinton was against gay marriage. Obama, when he ran for office the first time, was against gay marriage. Now, all of a sudden, we have states passing similar laws because they don't want people punished, people of religious beliefs who don't believe in gay marriage punished 
for refusing to, for example, provide cakes for a gay wedding reception or cater wedding receptions. Do any number of things that people might want to do who are gay. And this is to provide protection for these people being punished by state laws or by federal laws or whatever. The gays were nuts, claiming that this was discrimination, which in fact it is not discrimination. It's protecting Christians or Muslims from being discriminated against. Because people in this country should have a right, if they have religious beliefs, to do business with who they want to do business with. That's freedom of religion. But the left went nuts. So the Republican governors of Arkansas and Indiana both backed off and had them amend the law to basically take the teeth out of them. This is the type of thing that is going to be pushed more and more. It's destroy freedom of religion in this country, particularly the Christian religion. Now, the Muslim religion, religion is basically the only religion in this country that's being fully protected, protected to the point of, of being ridiculous. I mean, we have students in a high school in North Carolina reciting the Pledge of Allegiance in Arabic, saying that Allah is great, basically. Not saying one nation under God, saying one nation under Allah. We have Muslim students around the country in high schools being allowed to hold prayers during the day in the high schools. Christian students are denied the right to even hold meetings after school in the high school. Freedom of religion is being destroyed. And it's being destroyed around the world. Yesterday was the most important of the Christian holidays, Easter Sunday. A couple of days prior to Easter Sunday, Islamic extremist, jihadist, in Kenya, which, by the way, is, you know, supposedly Obama's home country. He said he was from Kenya at one point during his campaign. I believe that's where he was born. That's where his grandmother says he was born. She was president at birth, which, of course, if that is in fact true, makes him ineligible to be president of the United States. But that's another story. The, nobody wants to touch that with a 10-foot pole, except for the United States Justice Foundation, a few other groups that have pointed out the inconsistencies in his story and the fact that he does not belong as president of the United States. But the fact of the matter is, is that in Kenya, a couple of days ago, a university was attacked by jihadists. 150 students were executed. Unarmed students, brutally executed. Why were they executed? Because they were Christians, for the most part. They were singled out. Students were lined up, and they were asked if they were Christians. And if they admitted they were Christians, they were executed. Brutally killed. We know that ISIS in Iraq and Syria... Hunting down Christians, particularly in Iraq, which is basically the homeland of one of the homelands of Christianity, they're hunting down Christian sects. They are killing them. They're slaughtering them. Men, women, women, and children, beheading them. 
the Pope, who is a fairly liberal Pope, has come out with an outcry against this. But the President of the United States really hasn't. I didn't hear him say anything about what happened in Kenya. I mean, he's about to go visit Kenya. He's going to go on a state visit to his homeland. Yet he's not concerned with the fact that Christian students were massacred by a jihadist group. Where does this guy's head, anyway? Well, I could make a nasty comment about where I think his head is, but uh, the fact of the matter is that he doesn't care. Minions in the national news media, the mainstream news media, so-called, seem to carry ABC News carried the story of the massacre and never once mentioned that Christians were the target. You listen to ABC News, you get the Obama propaganda line. You listen to NBC News, and they I think they mentioned it at one point casually. But it did not become a major part of the story. Only Fox News made it a major part of the story. And pointed out that this is happening all over the world. We are being lied to by our president. We are being lied to by our news media. We're being beaten to death by political correctness. And that's the reason they don't want to mention this. Political correctness. They don't want to offend the Muslims. They don't want to offend the jihadists, the people who are trying to kill us, the people who are vowed to kill us. They don't want to offend the Iranians, the Iranian leadership. People who came out just a few weeks ago and called for death of death of America. To refer to us as a great Satan. And Israel is a small Satan, little Satan, and vow to destroy Israel. Vow to destroy the United States. Vow, like the Muslim Brotherhood does, to impose Sharia law on the entire world. Which means that you either become a Muslim, or you are fined, or you are executed, principally executed for your religious beliefs. And that's basically where we are in this country at this point. We are being punished for our religious beliefs. If you do not believe in what the president believes, or what the liberal news media believes, and I don't even know what the president believes. He professes to be a Christian. He's not a Christian. But I stretch the imagination. I'm not sure he believes in anything but himself. But more and more there's convincing evidence coming out that he is in fact a Muslim that he believes in the prophecies of, of Muhammad, he believes in the Muslim Brotherhood, he believes that the entire world should be under Sharia law. A scary idea, isn't it? But look at the deal we've made with Iran, the nuclear deal. And let's take our final break, and then we'll talk more about that. Who is or what is USJF? It is a non-profit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. 
Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. This is Michael Gano with the Middle East Research Center Limited, bringing you insight to Israel, the truth about the greatness of the Jewish state and its struggle for sovereignty and security every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. There's been a lot of talk and hoopla in the last days about the President of the United States having a, making a treaty with Iran or laying out the framework for a treaty with Iran. Nothing has been finalized yet, which basically supposedly stops the Iranians from ever developing nuclear weapons. Well, that's not exactly true. And of course, nothing most of the American news media says is exactly true. In fact, a lot of it is blatantly untrue. And almost everything that comes out of the mouth of the President of the United States is untrue. I mean, this guy is a pathological liar. He lies to the American people when the truth would serve him better. He just can't help himself. He just lies about everything. So let's look at the Iranian deal. Exactly what does it do? Well, it takes the sanctions that we have on Iran, many of which have already been canceled unilaterally by the president, but sanctions that were bringing the Iranian economy to its knees, keeping it to put, putting so much of its resources in developing nuclear weapons. It takes those sanctions and it's going to do away with them entirely. It's going to release billions of dollars to the Iranians so that they can 
get their economy on a high level, have a great economic situation, and they already are much better off now than they were, say, a year ago when the president started releasing the sanctions and their economy was collapsing. And they weren't really able to devote the resources to make the nuclear bomb that they wanted to. But now they're going to be given back all that money. All sanctions are going to be canceled. We already have corporations in this country, business corporations that are more interested in, in making money than they are in protecting the American people or keeping us from being dis- being destroyed by enemies, they're going to go in there and they're going to help boost the economy. And the Iranians, for to get that out of this deal, to get the sanctions canceled, basically don't have to agree to anything. They have to say that they will not develop a nuclear bomb, at least not for the next 10 years. Well, that makes me feel great for my children and grandchildren, you know, if to... They're going to be safe from nuclear attack by Iran for 10 years deal. What about being safe forever from nuclear attack? But, again, that's not what the President of the United States has in mind. So we've got this so-called deal, framework of this deal. The Iranians say one thing, the President of the United States says another. The president came out and spun this the other day saying that their secret underground facility will not be operational. The facility where they have been developing uh, enriching uranium for years to try to get it to the point where they can build a nuclear weapon and launch that nuclear weapon on an ICBM, launch it against Israel, launch it against the United States, launch it against Europe. Who knows? They're, of course, they're not looking for just one. They're looking for for several of them, and they're going to come after us. They want to come after us. They vowed to destroy Israel. They vowed to destroy the United States. They want to develop these nuclear weapons, and they've been given the green light to do so by this deal. The president says they're not going to do this, and the Iranians act the same day. Well, that's we agreed what the president and the national news are saying to try to spin this the Iranians are already sticking and here's the bottom folks under this well right now here we're looking at it from a standpoint I believe that within three months the Iranians will be capable of developing a nuclear bomb more than one nuclear bomb this deal is not even supposed to be finalized. Once finalized, how soon is it going? We don't really know. Within a year, unless there are vigorous inspections here, supposedly they're going to be allowed. But he said, this has been going on for years. Indians have agreed to inspections before. What's going on here? We're not supposed to know what's going on here. We are being lied to by our president. We're being lied to by our news media. 
and he's going to go through with this deal. Or a deal that by the time he, he finalizes it, it may be even worse, because he's already pretty much doing exactly what the Iranians want. We're getting nothing out of it. They're getting everything out of it. So he's basically walking the walk and talking the talk that the Iranians want him to do. Now, what does that mean for the future of this country? Well, it could be devastating. It could be devastating for the entire world. We are not going to defend ourselves under this proposal against the country that is the major state sponsor of terrorism. Hamas, Hezbollah, the rebels in, in Yemen, Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda has been training in Iran. This is a country that sponsors terrorism around the world against Christians, against Jews, against everybody that is not a Muslim. Yet we are now basically caving into them. And here's something that is another major concern here. We have the Obama administration agreeing to this with the Iranians. This is a treaty. A treaty is defined as any agreement between two or more countries. This is an agreement between Iran and the United States. Other countries may sign on to it. We don't know. A lot of them had already left the talks before this agreement reached. But it is a treaty. And as a treaty, it is supposed to be ratified by the United States Senate. That's what the Constitution says. Any treaty signed by the President of the United States must be taken to the United States Senate and ratified by two-thirds of the vote of the Senate. Obama has refused to do this with the U.S. Small Arms Treaty, which was signed months ago. He says he didn't need to. He can enforce it without the Senate. And the White House spin on this is that, well, uh, the Senate has to vote by two-thirds majority to stop us from enforcing the treaty. We don't need them to ratify the treaty. That, of course, is a lie. That is not what the Constitution says. But now Obama is essentially saying that he doesn't need to take this treaty with Iran to the Senate either. He's just going to take the treaty, and he's going to start enforcing it to allow it to happen, and he's going to take it to the United Nations to get the United Nations to ratify it and lift the sanctions on Iran, and that's it. That's all he's going to do. I don't think so, folks. I don't think we can let this happen. Because if he's going to do it with this treaty, he's going to do it with other treaties. He already is talking about now a climate control treaty, which would cut our green, so-called greenhouse emissions by 28%, which would in order to do that would severely damage our economy 
He's talking about making that agreement and not submitting it to the Senate. Just doing it by executive order. We have continued situations here where the President of the United States, by executive order, is doing things that hurt our country and violate our Constitution and violate our laws. So if you're listening to this show, please get other people to listen to it. You get people to call your members of Congress and say, this man has to be stopped, he has to be impeached. <laughs> Go to my website at Michael Connolly, C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y.jigsy.com. Read my blog. Look at the books that I've written. Order a copy of our Constitution. You can order that through www.constitution.jigsy.com. And you can order multiple copies. And thank you for listening to me. I look forward to talking to you again next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.